Introducing the Chill Chat Podcast with your host, DJ The Dirty Dangles and Liam The Laser Honer. Welcome back to the Chill Chat Podcast. I'm your co-host, Liam Mahonen, and we got a new co-host this week. Why don't you introduce him, DJ? Yeah, what's going on, everybody? It's uh, DJ Dirty Dangles back for another episode. Uh, I'm here with my buddy and new co-host of the podcast, Connor. Let's give it a round of applause. (laughs) Connor, why don't you give uh, yourself a little background here for the fans? All right, sounds good. Uh, quite simply, I'm currently a Brock student taking a sports management and love some hockey and ready to get down and dirty and win this uh, podcast. Get gritty with it. So what, what do you want your nickname to be? Connor McDusty? <laughs> it's going it's Connor Dirty. McDusty. Beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. Lee, what are we talking about this week? All right, we have several topics. So first, we're going to be covering up Olympic rosters. Next, we'll be roster. doing. Uh, wait, wait. We're talking about the one roster. We're not talking about all the rosters. We're talking about the. Well, yeah, roster. just the Canadian one. I should practice just the Canadian one. Yeah. Yeah. Next, we're going to be doing uh, season uh, award predictions for four awards. So stay tuned for that. And we're going to finish off some NHL news this past all week. All right. Let's hop into the 2022 uh, Team Canada Olympic men's roster for ice hockey, obviously. Uh, we'll start small and work our way up to the top. So with the goalies. Uh, you got Devin Levi, who was a Team Canada World Juniors goalie a couple of years ago. Connor, if you remember Devin Levi. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do you think on him being selected for the roster? I think it's a solid choice with who we got available right now. Um, definitely think uh, he played well at the World Juniors. Uh, he's had a little bit of a rough start finding his path to the big leagues. But I uh, definitely think this is a solid opportunity for him to make his mark and get his chance uh, to play in the big leagues. So he's going to capitalize on it for sure. Absolutely solid opinion. What do you think, Lee? Do you want to talk a little bit about Eddie Pascal, the uh, the Italian guy? Don't really have much news. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not really sure about the other uh, two goalies. I'm gonna be. Dude, honest, how do you not know who Eddie Pascal is, man? He no, I don't. Pa- Eddie Pascal knows Papa Giuseppe. Dude, they make the pizza all day. <laughs> They're absolutely legendary, dude. Eddie Pascal used to play for the Winnipeg Jets, I think. I might be. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did. I know they both play in Europe. Well, one of them plays in the SHL, uh, Tompkins, and uh, the other one plays in the KHL. Yeah, no. But the one I, I do know is Devin Levi. He was the World Juniors, I believe, in 2021, and he was outstanding. Oh, no, I think he was a year before that. Oh, either 2021 or before that. But he was the guy that got traded in the Sam Reinhardt trade with the Buffalo Sabres. Do you remember? Because he went the other way. Yeah. Before yeah, I do remember. Yeah, I do. But yeah, uh, nope. I remember with Devin Levi, he was an outstanding goaltender in the World Juniors tournaments a few years ago. And yeah, I think it's a solid, I think it's solid goaltending. I think it's me, Devin Levi, though, who's going to be starting most of the games. I think so, too, but I wouldn't be uh, surprised if Pascal got a bunch of the, the starts, too. Like they split it 50 50. You don't really yeah. want to hand over the reins to a young Kenny right away. That's like kind of inexperienced and has really no like pro games under his belt. Like, do you agree, Connor? We'll see how he takes charge. He can wrap that team up pretty quickly if he yeah. if he put, puts the work in. So we'll we'll see how it goes. He's he's looking at this for a contract right now to yeah. make sure that he's getting a starting job next year. So he's gonna make a solid case for himself. I do agree with that. That's a very fair point. The defense is like I'm not gonna lie, it's it's pretty shit <laughs> for what was available. I think they could have done a little bit better. Uh, we'll start off with the obvious choice. The the person that most people are gonna talk about Owen Power. 
Uh, I know, Connor, we talked about this a little bit uh, a couple days ago. Uh, what do you think about Power being selected here? I think Power is definitely a solid selection. Uh, I'm looking at his World Junior campaign to start off. Um, so I think this is definitely a solid pop, uh, opportunity for him. Um, I don't think we should see him playing too much or on our top pairings right away. Uh, he's really inexperienced when it comes to, you know, feeling high pressured games just coming from such a team, such a university team. Um, so it's something that he's going to ease his way into, I definitely think. But I think he might capitalize on this opportunity to try and get his opportunity and up in the big leagues and start playing in the the NHL now. Buffalo, Buffalo Sabres. Uh, he's going to walk away from Buffalo. <laughs> Lee, uh, you want to elaborate on power? Because uh, your brother knows power. Yeah, so I think Owen Power is also a very good selection. I do think that he will be playing big minutes. I'm, I think it's mostly because he's definitely, I would say, one of the most skilled defensemen on this team. And I think that uh, Team Canada will play him a lot just to get him that experience. And hopefully they'll be able to move on. And also, something I just noticed, now, uh, for Team Canada, they have four lefties and four righties. I'm not going to lie. I don't really see too many righties in the NHL a whole lot. So it's, so it's cool to see that they have half and half for D-man. Uh, it is pretty cool, but you got to take into consideration here the, the, the vast assortment of players where Team Canada grab their guys from. Like, I'm looking at the roster here just as you are. There's a lot of AHL, a lot of SHL, KHL, a lot of, like, a lot of uh, European League players. And mm-hmm. uh, something under trend, trend I noticed in the European leagues in the KHL mostly, there's a lot of right shots there more compared to the lefties. I feel like more most North American people shoot left, and I'm not making you know a fucking consensus here. I'm just saying most more North American people shoot left, and I can see like in Europe they should shoot right more. So that's where I see the half and half being split up. Um, the decor itself, like it, it, it is what it is. Like I said before, I think Power's the standout mm-hmm. guy here. But I think you're also going to see a guy like David DeHarnay, or not David DeHarnay, sorry, I'm reading that wrong, Jason Demirez, uh, my apologies, log a lot of minutes, and someone like Mark Bavario as well because they both have NHL experience. I think those ex-NHLers are going to do a lot for the team, both on the offense and defense. For sure. And another thing that's going to be – 100%. Another thing that's going to come into play too is the ice size different for a lot of these guys coming over from the from Europe, right? They're going to have a different sized ice that they're not used to playing on because most of these guys haven't played on the international level um because it's not a best on best right now with our nhl players sitting out of the tourney no that's that's true yeah 100 percent. do do well, i believe like international uh play it's on bigger ranks am i am i wrong or no, no, you're, correct. you're correct yeah yeah okay I, I, do we want to you guys just want to give your opinion quickly on what, what do you think about the nhl backing out of these olympics just why not what do you think yeah. I mean, I get why, like, they're doing it. No, like, but, like, what is your personal opinion? Like, do you agree or disagree? Would you want to see NHLers at this at this uh, Olympic Games or no? I would have liked to have seen the NHL players at the Olympic Games. And, yeah. Connor? I, I definitely think it was a, a decision that was uh, definitely didn't need to be made. I understand that there's some games postponed. Um, but we haven't seen a best-on-best tourney in a while. So it, it's time to see some of the world's best go face-to-face and see who comes out on top right now. Um, I understand with the postponements, we got to try and make those games up, but I don't see why we can't run our rosters without the guys that are over at the Olympics, bring some guys up from the AHL, give them an opportunity and make the best of both worlds while we're seeing a best on best tournament. So definitely don't definitely think it was a decision that was uh, a little bit poorly made for sure. Yeah, I I agree there. I I, to Connor's point, we haven't seen anything since uh, I think 2016, if I'm right. uh, It was 2014. No, no, no. We no, the no World I'm Cup talking about the World Cup of Hockey, right? Oh, you're talking about World Cup? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Best. 2016. Ever, that's been, what, now five years? 
five, almost six years. Six, six, six years. Yeah. Six years since we've seen best on best. So I, I definitely think it's time for the NHL to buckle down and do a best on best. Either World Cup of Hockey or go to the Olympics. I think the fans deserve to see something. Because, uh, dude, we've, we were at a time where we watched people like Joe Thornton, Pavelski, Pavelski still on their respective uh, international teams. And now we got young guys like Matthews and uh, McDavid's that are ready to step up and play for Team Canada and Team USA, right? And we haven't seen them play for this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, right? We saw them play for Team, team North America. America yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it, it'd be nice to, to get to get a little refresh every once in a while. Um, I'll start us off on the forwards. Uh, a name that really sticks out to me and makes me laugh, actually, is uh, ex-Montreal Canadian David DeHarnay. Uh, I think it's absolutely hilarious that DeHarnay made this roster. Uh, he was a good player back in the day, and I'm I'm going to be interested to see what kind of role he slots on this team. Uh, if I'm correct, did he get one of the assistant captains? I think he did, right? Mm-hmm. He did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I think he's going to play a leadership aspect. I wouldn't be surprised if he'd be like the third-line center. Is there a name that sticks out on the forwards for you, Connor? Uh, well, I think there's two uh, names that are definitely sticking out to me. Uh, Josh Hosang, um, I think he's a great a great pickup, a guy that we all probably thought would be in the NHL right now, but hasn't got his NHL contract. So we're going to see a little bit of, uh, you know, some younger talent that's, you know, prospectable into the league. Uh, I think that's definitely an interesting choice and somebody who's also trying to get their name out there and get his NHL contract put out there. The other big name that kind of stood out was Eric Saul um, becoming the captain. Um, I think with all the the talent that they had um, that they could have chosen from and experienced guys and veterans that could have been chosen. I do not think that uh, Eric Stahl is, is the best bet that we, uh, for our, our captain to be running our team. I don't think he's got enough uh, experience in high pressure situations to be running this team. I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, I will say this though, you're going to definitely see Stahl log some huge minutes for this team. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the first line center because I don't think they'll give it to McTavish. No, I think McTavish will play the second line center, but but if McTavish has a good start to the career, like or not the career, the the Olympic Games, I wouldn't be surprised if he hops to the first line like he did in the junior tournament. Yeah, for real. Liam, do you have any standouts there before you point? We point out the obvious here in this roster. And, yeah, besides, uh, well, I mean, the obvious standout for me is Eric Stahl, or he was named uh, captain. I do think it's gonna be very solid. And I also agree with you, DJ, that. He will be getting very big minutes considering I think he's one of the oldest or if not the oldest on this uh, Olympic roster. And as well, like it was only a few seasons ago where he scored. I believe he scored like 30 or 40 yeah. goals. He went to the All-Star game with Minnesota, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The, the rest okay. of this roster, and I don't mean to be rude, it, it, it's kind of a bunch of no-names, like a bunch of no-shows. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know who Ben Street is. No offense to Ben here, but like, I don't know who you are, buddy. Adam Tamblini, also don't know who you are. Um like, if I were to put out an estimate here or a guess to what the top six would look like, I would say Stahl and Hosang on the first line. I don't know who your left winger is, though. And then I could see someone like McTavish and Jordan Wheel on line two. And then line three, I could see Dehar- David DeHarnay as the center. And probably Winnick would be on the third line in the, in the bottom six. You got a, You got a lot of grinders here from what I read. Most some of these guys are, are are grinders. Like I remember Daniel Carr. Uh, he played with Montreal, I think. Am I am I am I right when I say that Daniel Carr played with Montreal? I I remember him in the NHL though. I, and I think he I, he's a grinder. I remember Cracknell was a grinder. Um, and then obviously I mentioned Winnick. So I think their bottom six is going to be very grinder heavy. If you guys agree there. Oh, definitely. It's going to be a a team that's going to grind. Um. 
which is going to make for an interesting Olympic experience because we usually see some high speed and skill and talent, and uh, it's going to change this year to be a little bit more of a, a nitty gritty, uh, rough and tough Olympic Games here. I think when it comes to the rosters that have been produced. So all in all, guys, do you think um, this team has a shot of winning? I do think so. Like what? If you were to put back that up with the percentage, what what would you give this team looking at this roster? Well, I would probably say it's going to be. Um, I'm going to give them the fifty percent. The only reason I'm saying is, um, I'm trying to think of the, the other Olympic rosters, and since a lot, some of them aren't released yet, I'm not really sure about the talent pool and the others. But based on like the of my memory. Uh, the United States could be a potential. Like there are plenty of foes, for example, like Sweden, States, etc. That could bring up a fight. But I do think Canada is going to do very well in this tournament. I, I, I'll be honest here. I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer. I completely disagree with your point. I would give Canada twenty five percent chance of winning. I really don't like this roster. I, I think they could have definitely went younger and used some more of those junior players. Like I see like on that they have like a reserved uh, list here, and Ken Johnson's one of the reserves. Honestly, I probably would have played him. I would have probably brought. Uh, I would have probably honestly, I would have invited Connor Bedard and Shane mm-hmm. Wright. I, I think that's a bit of a mistake. They didn't do that. Made their top six or their middle six pretty pretty young and youthful. Uh, I think this uh, this abundance of grinders really is going to hurt them in the long run. And I'll toss out a prediction here. I would not be surprised if one of the lesser-known international teams ends up winning this tournament, like Slovakia or the Czech Republic. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. That's all I'm going to say on that, Connor. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really too happy with the overall drafting of it. Uh, The drafting was really poorly done um, with the prospect pool that Canada had, uh, going back to GJ's point with all the, the young guys that we could have brought in. Um, so I don't think we're going to see Canada really go past the quarterfinals. Not again, not to be a downer, um, just with the lack of speed as well as like youthful talent compared to a lot of the countries that have released their roster. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give Canada a 40% chance of winning this overall. Um, but that's being a little bit on the positive side there, giving it a higher number that really should be in my opinion. Um, yeah, that's about where I stand on that one. That's a very good opinion. And on that positive note, let's move over to our next topic here. Uh, we got four awards to talk about. We're going to do some mid-season predictions. Um, as you know, I'm a Leafs fan. Connor is also a Leafs fan. And the Leafs just eclipsed. Uh, I think they just finished their 42nd game, so a little bit over halfway mark uh, for the Leafs and the NHL in general. Um, I, I'm pretty happy with how the team's doing. Uh, and I know, Liam, you're, you're pretty impressed with what your Sharks are doing over there in the, the Western Conference. Uh, oh, 100%. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, you loving uh, what uh, your boy Timo Meyer is doing? <laughs> oh yeah, it's always Timo time there. It's there always Timo time. There we go. So with that, let's talk about some mid-season predictions here. Uh, we got four awards to talk about. We're gonna split this up into like a two or three part uh, series. We're gonna carry up throughout uh, our weekly episodes here. Uh, so today we're gonna talk about the Vesna, the Calder, the uh, Rocket Richard, and the Norris. Um, so let's talk about the Vesna first. And who we think could win the Vesna Trophy for best goalie in the league at the end of the season? Connor, I'll let you start off with that. Um, do you want to give like a, a front runner and like a backup candidate of who you think's the best goalie in the league? Um, all right, uh, I'm gonna say maybe a little bit biased right now. Jack Campbell, um, really solid start to the season. His numbers have started to um, delinquish a little bit over the last uh, few games, but he had a really solid bounce back performance there against New Jersey the other night. Um, 
I definitely think with his numbers, his stats, and the turnaround season that he's had the in the last two years, I definitely think he's up there, one of the front runners for the Vesna. Uh, I think he's got to he's put his name there to definitely earn a, a ballot and a nomination for sure. Um, if he continues to have the stats that he had at the beginning of the season, I would say he's a walk off favorite um, for the Vesna at this point in time. Um, another one would be maybe a little bit more of a, of a long shot here with Staros, um, with Nashville making the, the turnaround that they've kind of ha- done in the last few weeks and months, the solid performances, everything's been laid off of, uh, Staros and he's put up some great numbers, um, really backed the team and given them a chance to win games that they really had no um, business winning, no business even being in. And he's also picked them up some some points in overtime and stuff where the team shouldn't have even uh, been in competition. So I think he's definitely put a, a ballad in there for himself to, to win a... I completely agree. A, Those are both great great goalie selections and almost two. I would say I'm, I'm not going to harp on anymore. Connor hit both of my predictions on the head as well. Um, I'm not going to try to be the biased lead fan here, so I'll put Jack Campbell as my runner-up. Uh, I do see the dip in the numbers, and that kind of worries me of where these goals are being scored. He he, puts, he lets a lot in on the, the five hole in the glove side. Uh, down low in the net, and I'm a little nervous on that because uh, you know it's it's consistent repetition of where these goals go on him. Um, he's got to clean that up a little bit, and I think he knows that himself. Besides that, he's having an amazing season. Very underrated goaltender in the league. I know we talk a lot of, about him because he's in Toronto in the media, but his story to come such a long way in the NHL. We talked about this last episode about the All Star Game. It's just incredible, and I, it's a it's a feel good story for Jack. So I hope he continues this and uh, puts a vest onto his name. And say, and with Sorrows, man, you know, Sorrows was always good, and this year he's just proven he can carry Nashville on his back and probably take them. I don't want to say to the promise line, but definitely can do some damage in the playoffs. Like Nashville could be a sneaky good team, and uh, yeah, I totally agree with Connor. Both of those uh, guys are my picks for the Vesna. Liam. Now those guys are being, are very good goaltenders this season, and it's I would be totally fine with them winning the Vesna. But I do have two other players I want to mention. One of them being Igor Shosturkin. I do realize that he has played like less games compared to like Jari and Soros, but in the 29 games that he's playing, the 28 that he started, he has a win loss record of 22, five and two with a nine, three, seven save percentage and a 2.1 goals against average, which I'm not going to, the biggest thing that jumped out to me is the save percentage because he's starting a lot of these games and he has a ridiculous save percentage. It's real. it's insane what he's doing this season. I also do want to give a mention to Tristan Jari, who also has done a, who has also done very well. He's a twenty three eight and six record with a nine two three save percentage and a two point two one goals against average, and he's also started uh, thirty five games, which is quite a bit more and on par with. Uh, the other candidates that we've said, like uh, Campbell and Saros. I'm extremely surprised you didn't say Vasilevsky. I, t- I was telling Connor, I whispered in his ear, I was like, this guy's picking Vasilevsky as one of his picks. <laughs> I am completely shocked you didn't take Vasilevsky. I just think that, like, um, especially with Igor Shosturkin's, like, uh, ascension into uh, the one of the top goaltenders, I do think that he's going to win it, especially considering where the New York Rangers were last year. Now, this year, this year I believe they are second in the Metro right now, which let's, is really let's incredible. Be, let's be completely honest here. I, I think the Rangers are a bit of a hype train. I, I don't think the Rangers can maintain the success. I, I, I think their forwards are good. I don't like their decor. I, I think their decor is too weak. You only got Truba and and uh, what's the guy's name? Fox. Fox. That's it. That's that's all you got. That is true, but I mean, we still have a goal differential plus 23, so it's not like... But, like, Liam, though, right? The Metro tightens up towards the towards the back half of the season, right? Yeah. And 
I have a sneaky feeling still that Philly could contend. I know it's a really like a long shot out, but Philly Philly could take some points away from the teams that need it. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Philly goes on a bit of a tangent and they don't make the playoffs, but they take away some points from like the Rangers or the Penguins, some teams that need points, and, and you might have like a sneaky fifteen coming in there. Like I, I don't know who's the fifth team in the Metro. Um, I think it's Jersey. Is am I right when I yeah, say yeah, yeah, you're it's Jersey. So like Jersey's been playing decent. No, I mean no. yeah, yeah. Yes and no. They they like the goal. last ten games, yeah, like I'm taking Philly over over New Jersey no, but in the I'm playoffs saying, like, as a sneaky team, right? No, but if Philly, yeah, but Philly's gonna make up a lot of ground. Jersey's kind of already there, but if Philly takes some points away from the New York Rangers and like the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they could fall out of the race because I'm saying right now, I think the Atlantic will have the five teams. I think that it's gonna be the Leafs, Panthers, Bruins, Lightning, and Detroit from the Atlantic, and I think the three, I think the Atlantic will get both the wild cards. And I think the Metro is going to be really tight. I think the Metro is going to be the Carolina Hurricanes at the top, Washington, Pittsburgh. The Rangers fall out. No, I, I, I'm going no, to say agree. I'm going to say Rangers are going to beat out Boston. If you're going to go wild card, if Rangers aren't top three in Metro, Rangers are going to outbeat Boston. to say for play, for the last spot there. There's in the, something about wild the Boston, card. There's something about the Boston Bruins though that they always seem to find a way in. Liam, you can attest to this. Every single year, they somehow make it in. It's a streak that's got to be snapped, like the Leafs Cup drought. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> what was it like? I think I heard this week, like 20,000 days since the Stanley Cup. Hey, Liam, don't talk, buddy. You're a Sharks fan. <laughs> it's not as much as 20,000. I can tell you that. Well, I mean, you did lose to Pittsburgh in a cup final on all night, so. That is true. <laughs> At least I made one in this past, like, uh, what, five decades? Yeah, well, we'll see what happens this season, Liam. <laughs> At least I'm not paying three defensemen $30 million. <laughs> yeah, you got me there. <laughs> I did get you there, man. At least at least my defense core is fully operational. Yours is kind of on their back legs there with uh, Eric Carlson playing with, like, one hand the whole season or something. Yeah, but, yeah, back to the original point, I think New York's going to make it. I don't see them falling off. Or if they are going to fall, it's not going to be significant enough for them to be bumped out of the playoff. I don't even think they're going to drop below three. Dude, you know, we so, completely just went off the rails and talked about the standings when we're talking about mid-season prediction trophies. I know, right? So let, let's let's motor with the New York Rangers into our next trophy. Let's talk about the Rocket Richard. I'm not choosing this guy as my pick, but what he's been doing this year, people are going to – I saw NHL post about this guy all the time. Do we think Chris Kreider will win the Rocket Richard, yes or no? I'm saying no. Connor? That's a tough decision. Like, he has 31 goals. I don't think he'll win the Rocket. No, he's not going to win the Rocket this year. Um, I don't think he'll ever win the Rocket. But he's no, gonna, he's not. But he's I mean, going to have I, a career year, though. He is. He's definitely going to have a career year. But uh, I, I don't see with the team starting to ramp up their competition, getting ready for that down-the-stretch hockey. We're going to see some physicality ramp up, and I think we're going to see his uh, his stats start to take a, a big hit, uh, especially for somebody who hasn't really played much in this position, leading the league in goals. Um, he was a bit of like a, a no-name player, not saying no offense to him, um, but he was never really on the top of defenseman's uh, radar. Uh, now that he's at the top of the league in goals, he's definitely going to be a focus point when teams are taking on the New York Rangers. And I definitely think you're going to see his numbers uh, reflect that for a player that hasn't really seen as much time so on that ice. On that point, who, who's your pick for the Rocket? Um, I think besides that, it only comes down to three names, really. It comes it, down to Dreisaitl, Matthews, and Ovi. I'm not even going to give it to Drysdale. It's going to come down to uh, Ovi or uh, Matthews for me right now. Um, it really just depends on with Ovi's new uh, new COVID-19 positive test today. 
Um, I definitely depends on how long he's out with that right now. Um, symptom symptoms can lag on for a little while. Um, so it really depends on how that's going to laggy have the lag on effect of that. Um, as things stands right now, I would definitely give the advantage to, to Ovi, um, as much as I would love to say, um, Matthews to bring it home for the Leafs. I definitely think that, uh, Ovi's definitely got a great opportunity this year with the way he's been performing. Totally agree. No, that's a good point. On the on the whole Ovi COVID thing, uh, just want to give a special shout out to my boy Tom Wilson, uh, captain of my fantasy team. Let's go, baby! Tom Wilson of the ASG. Gotta love Tom. Maybe he can uh, dance on Panarin with the T pose in the penalty box on the three on three. <laughs> Imagine if they're line mates. Oh no, Panarin's not going. No, is he? Fox is right. We have a new Scott. I do not believe no Panarin isn't going Fox is going. All-star MVP. Dude, yeah, Tom Wait, Wilson all-star MVP. Yeah, where it's gonna be like John Wilson all over again. <laughs> or not John, John Wilson, Scott. John Scott. No, John Scott. Dude, I'm yeah. gonna laugh so hard if Tom Wilson and Adam Fox are on the same line for the three on three. I, I think that would be absolutely hilarious. Oh yeah, it's gonna be crazy. This has definitely made it interesting now. Liam, I I, I wanna know who uh, you're picking for your uh, Rocco Shard winner. I'm going to have to agree with uh, McFarland. I think Ovechkin's going to win it. Ovi? Yep. I think he's going to win it. Just be – I. the reason I'm saying that, though, is because not just because – like, I do realize there, uh, he uh, tested positive for COVID and will be out for a little bit. But it is also our weekend, and I'm pretty sure there's not going to be another game for, like, five or six days. Yeah, that's – You'll be mistaken, yeah. right? Because it's also our weekend, right? So – I do think that, like, Ovi is going to sneak it just ahead of Matthews. So, yeah, that's basically it. See, this is where I disagree with both of you guys. This month in particular for the Maple Leafs is a big month as, with, you know, the schedule shuffling. The Leafs have a bunch of extra games this month. Like, they're behind on most teams and games. Um, Matthews also is out for a couple games to start the season. You have to take that into consideration. Uh, being the bias league fan I am and being the Matthews fan that I am, I have to say Matthews to win the Rocket. And if not to win the Rocket, he scores over 50 goals for sure. Oh, 100%. There's some t- times where Matthews has a cold streak and goes two or three games without a goal, and then he comes back with like three two-goal games. Oh, for sure. And I definitely agree with that, that we see Matthews break 50 goals. But, I mean, with the form that Ovi's in, if he's not out too long with COVID, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a 60-goal season from Ovi. So. Yeah. I agree. He's on that great form right now. So. I think I think Dreisaitl is overhyped in the sense that he could be a Rocket Richard winner, and I, I think he doesn't eclipse 40 goals. Like, well, 40. He won't go over. He's going to go over 40. I don't think so. He's at 32 right now. I think he's going to transition more to what he originally was, which is a passer. Mm, okay, okay. Especially depends where Vander Kane ultimately ends up in that Oilers lineup because Vander Kane is also a bit of a goal scorer. That's going to so, play a big part of it. So, like, if Vander Kane ends up with Dreisaitl, Dreisaitl is going to have to feed Vander Kane. I do understand what you're talking about, but as well, the Oilers have played – so they played 41 games, right? So, Leon Dreisaitl just, like, roughly scored every three – like, if the Oilers play four games, he scores roughly three – so I don't think the drop-off will be so much to where he only scores, scores eight in the next 41. I think he can probably get to around 45 goals, give or take. But I do not think he's going to win the Richard. I feel you, bro. Let's let's transition and uh, clean up these last two awards real quick. Um, what do we got left? We got uh, – we'll leave Calder for last. Let's talk about Norris. Um, there's a few guys here to talk about uh, to win this award. Um, Connor? 
Who do you think for Norris, best defenseman here? Oh. The obvious choice is a buddy from Colorado. Yeah, obviously, but I mean, I don't know. Like, do you think the Norris is, should be awarded to the best offensive defenseman or should be awarded to the best all-around defenseman? Should be definitely be the all-around defenseman, but, I think. But the, the way mm-hmm. the league's transitioned the past couple of years, it's for the offensive point production from the defenseman. Like, Liam's going to say either Fox or, or Makar. I know he will, Liam, because that's, 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 well, that's what you like. But to me, I, I, I say I don't someone like, like Sam Ricard right now. I, I, I say someone like Riley or Hedman. I only say that because their game, both offensively and defensively, is made way more well-rounded than Fox and, and Ricard. Yeah. No, right. I mean, Morgan Riley's definitely put up a good season. His, I don't know if his offensive numbers this year will uh, allow him to to squeeze in there for a, a, a nomination in a victory. Um, Hedman definitely has got played a good season, um, for sure. Uh Kill McCarr is definitely probably, you know, if we're predicting what's going to happen, I'm going to say Kill McCarr. Um, he's got these the numbers to back it this year. Um, the, he's definitely been one of the best defensemen um, in the NHL. Um, when it comes down to overall player, if you're looking at the offensive um, play as well, um, then you've got McCarr as well still, but you got you got Riley. I think Morgan Riley's had a really solid year. Um, so it depends on how you're wanting to view defenseman, defenseman the, and what's a successful right? defenseman, right? I mean, that's a definition that I think the league needs to kind of look at and uh, reevaluate at this point in time, um, in the league, like DJ just said. Um, so based off of that would be who I, who I chose as the winner. Um, but I'm definitely going to go with, uh, um, my car right now with, uh, however things stands. Lettuce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree that he's the favorite right now just because of the sheer offense he's putting up. But I will say it's like a little dark horse. I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Ekblad also found himself into the discussion. I wouldn't be. That's not a bad pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because as well, he also – I'm looking at – so I'm on uh, the NHL stats, right? So along – he is one of the highest plus-minus ratings on here. He is higher than like Kale McCarr, Victor Hedman, Adam Fox, which does suggest that he is very good in his own end and that he's – like, he's a very good defensive defenseman, mm-hmm. along with uh, contributing to winning. As Florida went on, what was it, like 74 goals in yeah. this calendar uh, month? It's I, crazy. I, I really do like your Ekblad pick. I think Ekblad's pretty underrated because Florida's defense core isn't that spectacular when you compare mm-hmm. it to, like, a Colorado or a Tampa Bay defense core. Um, and I agree. I would put Ekblad in the discussion of, like, a Riley or Hedman as his all-around defensive game is really well put together. Um, so I would agree on your point, and like Connor said, and I mentioned too, I think Morgan, Morgan Riley is a biased pick for me. Um, so Riley, Hedman, and Ekblad, they all play a similar style, and they're all at the top of the league this year for like best defensemen. So those are my three guys I would put for. I know I'm th- tossing an extra guy, but I think they all deserve a, a nomination here. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. My top three would be like uh, Ekblad, Makar, and Fox. Those would be my top three. Well, buddy, you you were an offensive defenseman back in the day. Of course, you're going to pick the two offensive studs. Oh, uh, my bias is showing. Your bias is showing, man. And they're both red shots too. So that kind of all three exactly. of them are red shots. Shot every single one of them has a red shot too. So a little bias there. Yeah, offensive yeah, yeah. defenseman, red shot bias. Um, the last award to talk about before we get into just some wrap up news here is the Calder. And the Calder this year, I'm not going to lie. It, it, it's quite the race. Uh, there's a lot of names, uh, two from Detroit, uh, one from Anaheim. There's one from Toronto. There's one from Florida. 
Uh, sometimes there's another one from Detroit. Sometimes there's another one from Anaheim. There's a lot of guys that go in and out of this Calder racing. I, I know there's a there's an Instagram account I follow called Puck Empire. They do like weekly or bi-weekly uh, rankings of all the different awards. And I see the Calder, and every week is changing, but it's mostly the same just the guys. Um, I'm just going to be honest here. I think we should all just give one nomination here for the Calder. I, I, I don't think there's a, a backup. I, I, I have a clear-cut opinion myself. I can't be what do you have? Do you have like a one or two pick? I got one or two. Um, I got two. You got two? Um, I'm going to go with Mo Sider. Mo Sider is my pick because Mo Sider is doing incredible things as a Detroit defenseman for how bad the team was. And now they're potentially in a playoff spot. Um, Mo Sider logs a, a crap ton of minutes for that Detroit team. I, I think he's on their first pair uh, for the blue line, if I'm correct. Right, Liam? I believe so, yes. So like this, this guy's like 19, 20s, logging 20, 25 minutes a night, and yeah. he's offensively producing at a great rate. Plus, this guy hits. Like, I didn't realize this guy tosses some nasty hits. Um, he roughs it up a little bit. Like, he was annoying against when they play the Leafs on hometown or Hockey Day in Canada. Um, so, both siders, my pick. Um, I think Detroit just got a steal when they selected him, and everybody was like, what, what's Detroit doing here? But uh, clearly, Steve Eisman and the Red Wings know exactly what they're doing. Totally. I do want to say, so my two picks, well, one of them is Lucas Raymond, uh, Snyder, Snyder's uh, teammate. And I also want to give a shout out to Anton Lundell, who I think has also been very good this year. You know what, Liam, the more and more I hear uh, your predictions, I think you're a little bit of a Florida biased. Oh, really? I, th- I think you're a secret Florida Panthers fan because Jumbo Verhage's on the team. How can I not be a fan? I think I think your new team rankings go the Sharks, the Panthers, the Sens, and then the Leafs. I'm not gonna lie, you're you're showing a little Panthers bias recently in our discussions. Hey, do you know what? You know what? That's not. Hey, those aren't my rankings, but I do like the Florida Panthers. I think you should get a tattoo that says "I love Verhage" and put it on your forehead, my guy. That'd be pretty, pretty epic. Pretty epic. <laughs> I do want to give a shout. Yo, okay, wait, before we get too much off. How many shout-outs are you gonna give, man? Hey, you can't give too many shout-outs. This is not a plug podcast. We're not plugging the free virtue. To Anton Lundell. Hey, we'll we'll get back on top of it just for a quick second. Why don't you read out his Instagram handle at Anton Lundell ten or something? I don't know what it is. Give, I don't know what it is. But... Show him some love. Say chill chat sent you. But uh, I guess with uh, Anton Lundell. So I didn't I didn't really actually uh, realize just like the importance. So. He uh, has put up 32 points in 43 games, which is very good for a new, uh, for Florida. And he's a plus 25, which I think is kind of crazy. So I'm looking at all the other, a lot of the other rookies, and they just don't, and none of them really come close to his, like, uh, I guess plus minus stats. Although you could also, you may not chalk it up for his defensive game, but you could also chalk it up if he's do, putting this point production on a contending team, which I think is very impressive. You want to hop in and, and argue that point about plus minus? No. You, know what, uh, hey, you know what? It's not uh, a bad stat. I'm going to say it's the most useless stat in hockey, but uh, we'll go with a variance of opinion there. Uh, I definitely don't think plus minus is something we can be rating, rating offensive players or off rookie, of right? or a rookie. I mean, I definitely understand that for defensemen, yeah, it makes good uh, zone play. But uh, when it comes to offense, that's something, a stat that I, I think is a pretty hopeless stat. Um, but again, I, I can see the the point there. You also got to consider to when you're looking at rookie, it all depends where he plays in the lineup. Yeah, it looks like where he plays in the lineup. It looks like who he's playing with too. You know, when you've got a rookie that's going to be playing for the Calder, he's going to be a top draft pick. Therefore, the team the year before is was a shit team. 
Um, so, you know, we got to consider that one player isn't always fr- going to make a franchise difference. So the team's in a rebuilding process and we got to allow for them yeah. to bring in some players to support the, that pick. Right. So plus minus and rookies, um, I can definitely say isn't a stat that we should be, are, should be too eye catching at this point in time. 100% agree. I do. Hey, I'm not going to disagree, but I'm going to also disagree just because I do think as well, like this. I do understand it will be taken out of context, but I do think it suggests some, like, either defensive presence or winning, like, not, like, winning because of, like, the whole team situation. I do understand that it really depends on the team situation. I just want to say that. Well, yeah, but you got to look. When Toronto had Nick Robertson, right, you, you plug a rookie into the bottom six, right? And, you know, when you're playing bottom six minutes, the, the teams try to match up their first line with the team's third line normally, right? Because that's the shutdown line. Normally, your, your, your third line is supposed to be your shutdown line. And vice versa. It's too many vice versas in comparisons here. But what I'm trying to say is, depending on where the rookie plays, and your point on plus minus, it doesn't really make sense. Like if you're throwing a rookie into the to the fire, right, and putting him on third line, and say, hey, you know what? We want you to go out there and defense again and defend against Connor McDavid. The guy's gonna get burned, right? His plus minus ain't gonna be that good. If you're playing the top players every night on the other teams and you're trying to perform, like uh, when I want to see a rookie come to the Leafs. I want to see them in the top six or nothing because if they play anywhere else, they're not going to perform and they're just going to get booed out of the city because that's yeah. how the media rolls. Right. Right. Like the whole point, Michael Bunting is succeeding right now and he needed to grow yeah. up as a player is because he needed to play with Matthews and Marner. Yeah. If he was anywhere mm-hmm. else, he would probably get shat on by the media because he probably wouldn't be performing to what he is. I'm not saying Bunting's a bad player. I just say he need, he needs he needs that stability first. He needs no, for sure, for sure. Guys. Yeah, and again, that comes back to everything that he's faced in his career being so early on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I do. I do understand where you guys are. I haven't done my call yeah, yeah, predictions yeah. yet. Liam, we need to let Connor come in here and make his call to predictions. Uh, so I definitely, uh, I got to give a uh, Trevor Zegas, uh, probably my number um, overall right now. Uh, I love those stop the B energies bringing to the game with the Michigan's, um, the lacrosse style passes. He's uh, something that's going to make a big impact on hockey and change the way it's, uh, it's played and that's something that we love to see. And that's huge in today's day and age in our game is seeing somebody who can bring something to the ice. That's going to change it. Um, we've seen it throughout the years with the likes of McDavid, Matthews, Marner. Um, and I feel like now we've got another generational player in Zegras that's going to bring some big generational changes. Um, another little bit of a far-fetched um, call out here would be uh, Michael Bunting. Um, with his ability to be a, a Calder winner, and he's still got the rookie status due to number of games played throughout his career. Uh, I'm definitely going to give him an, his opportunity here. Um, he's had a lot of points this season. Um, he's produced on a, a well mannered, well, uh, well, on a solid level. And he, I love the way he plays that puck. He's always hard on that puck. He's grinding. He's on top of everybody. He's like, he's replaced. He's he exactly like you just said, DJ. He stepped up and he's replaced Zach Hyman, a big hole that the least worried about trying to fill. And uh, I think Michael Bunton has done a great job of that. Um, so, you know, we might not be looking at exactly offensive numbers here like everybody else, but the overall effect on of how he what he's done for the team, I'm definitely going to say puts him right up in the picture for uh, winning the Calder this year. Um, I said it right from the start of the season when we saw him in a, in a, Preseason, I sent DJ a text saying that watch out, this is what could be happening this season. So uh, I'm going to say that's where I'm at for uh, for my Calder selections at this point in the season. I think we have a general consensus here. The, the the five or six guys we've all said it's kind of the same dudes that everybody's been talking about. No really outside shots, and yeah, it's going to be a race to the Calder, and we'll see who pulls ahead. Um, the last thing we're talking about here is just you know a little catch up news. Nothing nothing big. A short little segment. 
the biggest news, and it's not really news because it, it's a, it's a lot, sometimes elapses, Evander Kane. Um, so, fellas, what are we thinking? Like, do we think that move was necessary for Edmonton? Do you think Evander Kane should have had an NHL contract? Like, do you think Evander Kane will do good or bad for the Oilers? I definitely think he's going to bring an element to the Oilers that they didn't have before. Um, based off of um, the amount of chances that he's had and things that he's done, um, I don't necessarily know if it was the the smartest idea for a team that's so cap struck, like that needs needs to have as much space as they can for players that need to complement their their talents. And uh, bringing in a guy like, guy like uh, Vander Kane that faces so many suspensions and is such a a hot head is a hard decision. Do I like the signing? Yes, I think he brings a lot of. Uh, a lot of grit and tenacity and, tenacity and uh, goal scoring opportunity to the team. Um, so it really comes down to if they can, if they can get him to keep his calm and get his shit together. If uh, Edmonton manages to, to be the team that finally finds a way to settle him down and focus on the team and become the talent that he actually has. I think it's a great signing for the Oilers. I agree, but I think this could go totally sideways real quick. If he starts pulling some crap, uh, I, I feel like, the Edmonton Oilers' uh, mindset is very, very, um, very flustered right now. Um, I'm not going to lie. I feel like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle are and aren't good leaders on that team. Um, there's times I watch their games and they don't really uh, seem to be communicating well. I, I, I don't mean to make an opinion on Connor McDavid. Uh, obviously, he's going to be the captain of that team because he, he's the best player in the league. I, I like there's sometimes in some scenarios where like do you give the best player it on the team no. the captaincy? Probably not, right? Like you you had some weird case scenarios. Remember like when Florida had Derek McKenzie as the captain? Yeah, like it, yeah, you, your captaincy kind of has to come down to who's the best leader. Well, you you got you got your assistant captains for your top point guys, right? I think the biggest leader on your team's got to be your captain because like, he's giving you a drive. J- John Tavares or Morgan Riley easily be the captain of the Leafs. You wouldn't say you wouldn't say Matthews. No, because mm-hmm. Matthews totally. Get, because he's the best player on the team. Like, but the Sharks, it's Couture, right? Couture's not the best player on the team. I think it's Hurdle or Meyer, but they're mm-hmm. not the captain. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Like, even some of the stories that came out with Nathan McKinnon and stuff like that, right? Like, do you think he deserves to be a captain? Probably not. Like, when you look at Landeskog, right? Like, Landeskog, when you when I watch Gabriel Landeskog and the stuff he does for his team, I'm like, dude, that's a good captain. That's a leader. That's a guy that was going to put it, like, put it all out on the ice go up. If someone punches his dude, he's going out there, he's squaring up, and he, he's kicking the shit out of this guy. Like he, uh, Gabriel Landeskog is like an ideal captain for me, uh, like a younger captain. I, I don't think Connor McDavid's the kind of dude. I, I think someone like Darnell Nurse would be more of a better leader yeah. in that role. I, I don't even think Drysaddle. I think Drysaddle and McDavid are too hot-headed with their status in the league of being like the best players. Full for sure. And I think that goes to their heads a little bit too sometimes, and I don't think they really care about the team around them. Yeah, and going back to the whole point of a great young captain, you look at the likes of Brady Kachuk, um, somebody who's got a lot of grit, tenacity. You look at one of his players a long way, he's 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 over there and he's chirping you, and you're gonna he's going to want to have a go at you. So, um, you know, it just shows that uh, – it's all about moral when it comes to captain season. So, yeah, I definitely agree with what you were just saying there. Exactly. Yeah, so it's not just about the best players, it's about who's the best leader. I think So, getting back to my original point about Evander Kane, I think the Edmonton Oilers team mindset as a whole is very unstable, even with the coaching situation. So, I think one wrong um, move here by Evander Kane and this whole team could go lopsided and probably miss the playoffs. Oh, for sure. And I think the biggest mm-hmm. worry right now is that 
bringing Evander Kane into such a volatile situation with him being such a volatile person, um, I don't know if that's necessarily going to mix uh, too well or if it's going to create a, a giant volcano effect that we're going to see explode in the very new future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do agree with you guys. Like, uh, although I do understand like what the Oilers were trying to do and just the player, I think there it could also go very much wrong considering like what Evander Kane has done in the past. No, one hundred percent, and that that would that would have been a um, a huge um, a huge risk, right? Going into that for any team, like I saw that even the Leafs were interested. I'm like, stay away, dude. The, Le- the Leafs, you know, even some other teams, like. The, the only team I really could see bringing this guy in and whipping in, him into shape, as much as it shames me to say, this is a team like the Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins, for as much as I despise them as a franchise, have something that most teams in the league don't have, and this is why they win so many games, is they have team spirit, man. Like they, All their players put it, out, put it out on the wall for themselves. They hit, they got each other's backs, no matter how big or small the dude is, they, they got each other's backs and they rally around each other. And it, it, it's cool to see. So, like, it, to me, like, a franchise where Evander Kane should have went to be whipped into shape is somewhere like Boston. Do you agree? For sure. I, I think Boston's definitely got that atmosphere where uh, that could happen. Another team maybe would have been uh, Arizona. I mean, <laughs> they need somebody to make a bust on the scene move, so maybe they would have, you know, put brought, him under, brought, him, brought him in and put him under some tight – tight supervision right they have nobody else that they're watching so they would they would bring them in and really make sure they lock them down and that would could have been another yeah, another possible have, fit. Put them on the map. yeah i think what evander kane should have done is look at the long term rather than the short term um i think short term he should have looked on improving himself as a player and a teammate and should have went to an environment like arizona or boston and then looking at the long-term effect if he succeeds in said areas like take for example taylor hall Taylor Hall did really crap with Arizona, right? Taylor Hall, like in the past, it was reported he kind of sucks as a teammate, right? He's a very cocky dude and just very, like, hostile guy to play with. Yeah. And then Boston whipped this guy into shape, and now he's best friends with everybody scoring uh, at a good rate with David Posternock. Like, pretty good opportunity. I, I would have, if I was a Vander, I would have done something like that. And then looking at the long-term effect, he could have got paid right after that. Yeah, big like, payday, right? Like, that's that's how you got to look at it, right? Lee? Mm-hmm. What do you think, buddy? I mean, yeah, no, I agree with you guys. Like, if he he could have went into an environment where it's more so team oriented, and where like like there's a, just a different like uh, like like team culture, like uh, Boston, for example, where everyone has each other's backs, um, and then like everyone plays for like uh, winning rather than individual stats. No, they play for the team. They play for each other. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Franchise. A cup. (laughs) Yeah. I believe should do. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, at this point. (laughs) Um, Is there any other news we want to touch on this week? Anything else big before we wrap up here? The OV OV COVID thing. We already brought that up. I mean, that's a pretty – that could be pretty detrimental to Washington if he's out for a while right now. Yeah. And what are we we saying on the Tom Wilson replacement? We, We liking it? I like it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I like it. I like Tom Wilson. I, I feel Tom Wilson could give a little fiery attitude to the All Star game, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we actually had a fight at this All Star game. Hey, it's, it's going to be John Scott all over again. That's my, my early prediction is uh, that he's going to he's going to win the MVP of the All Star game. Um, we're going to have a repeat of John Scott. <laughs> <laughs> early, early, early predictions. Tom Wilson gets the MVP for uh, the All Star weekend this guy, weekend. Tom for All Star, bro. That's uh, that. That is it. 
And I think on that note, let's wrap it up, man. We we really we bonked everything on the head with that we needed to talk about today. Oh yeah, totally. It's been a very good weekend as well. Can't wait to see that All Star game. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll we'll give we'll give our thoughts when we uh, come back next week. It's uh, it's gonna be a fun weekend. Uh, but yeah, to leave it here, guys. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Chell Chat Podcast. Uh, it was an honor having Connor on, and he will. Uh, it's not his last time being on here, man. He will uh, be here to stick. Uh, he's got some great insights on the sport and the game, and uh, I'd like to see the guy stick around for a while here. I will be as long as I'm welcomed. <laughs> oh yeah, well, that's every episode. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Uh, so uh, we're signing off here. Uh, Connor McDusty and DJ Dirty the Angles here. Uh, adios, muchachos and muchachas. We're uh, we're gone, Lee. Sign her off. All right. Well, this is a great episode, and we'll see everyone next week. Adios.